Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, head to www.sexedwithdb.com and buy some of our hot new merch. Follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast. And if you want to advertise with us, shoot us an email at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. This is our last bonus episode of the season, so listen up. Today, I speak with Amy Baldwin, the lead educator for Uberlube. Amy is also a sex and relationship coach, certified sex educator, and co-host of the Shameless Sex Podcast. Let's give a warm welcome to Amy. Hot tip. Do you want to enter to win free lube for a year? Listen to the ads in this episode to find out how. Let's talk about why Uber Lube is one of my absolute favorite lubes. It provides a long-lasting performance that lets skin feel skin. It has simple body and condom-friendly ingredients. It dissipates when no longer needed, so there's no sticky residue. And it's recommended by leading doctors. They're also partnering with us to give a few lucky listeners free lube for a year. Enter the secret code word SLIPPERY into the Google form on our Instagram link tree. And use promo code SEXEDDB for 10% off your purchase with free shipping at www.uberlube.com. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so happy to see you. You have beautiful natural light shining on your face. It looks very, <laughs> very lovely. Uh, whatever, What time of day is it where you are? It's four o'clock. I live in Santa Cruz, California. It has been raining all day, but the sun is just starting to come out a little bit and then it will be dark very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The sun setting at 4.34 p.m. every day yep. is kind of tough on the soul, I would say. Yeah. I don't really know mm-hmm. how else to put it other than it's just kind of like sad and just like yeah. kind of rough to not be able to go outside at night like and it be light yeah. out. I agree. It, well, the one thing that is wonderful is the sunsets with the clouds. So I've been really enjoying that. And I feel like with the, these times with COVID, actually, I usually I travel on the road for work all the time and I'm actually home more so I can actually go outside and enjoy the sunset. So oh, nice. there's a silver lining here. That's so nice. Um, well, incredible. Thank you again for being here. Let's Let's get started by you sharing your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about what you do. So my name is Amy and I go by she and her pronouns. I am a sex educator, a sex and relationship coach. I am the co-host of the Shameless Sex Podcast and I am also the lead educator for Uberlube. So my main passion in this world is sex education, uh, specifically sex positivity and pleasure education uh, with the understanding that well, most of us, we were not taught all the fun things or the joyful things or the juicy things or the orgasmic things. And we were just thrown out there. We're told what not to do. And this is bad and this is wrong. And uh, we just thrown out there to figure it out for ourselves. And a lot of my work is um, helping people to 
reclaim their sexuality and figure out who they are as a sexual being uniquely to them and uh, and then how to start living that in a way that feels very alive and juicy and exciting. So I wear many hats all in the field of human sexuality, but they all are kind of doing the same thing. I love it. That's so important. And I'm so glad that you are doing that work. Thank you on behalf of people who need you for doing that work. That's incredible. And what what's your background? How did you, you know, come to wear these many hats? How did you come to co-host the Shameless Sex podcast? And how did you become the lead educator at Uberlube? So I'm 35 now. And when I was 18, I took a human sexuality class at my local community college just for fun. I thought it would be an interesting topic. And the, the professor made the topic so dry. They were not excited about the topic at all. And yet I loved every minute of it. I could not get enough of reading all the textbooks. And, and also I had so many questions about my own body, about my own pleasure. And I already had a little bit of a knack for talking openly about intimacy and relationships. I was raised you know, in Santa Cruz, California with uh, a little more openness about that stuff. Not that my parents ever talked about pleasure. I really wish they did. I really wish my parents sat me down and were like, you're entitled to your own pleasure. Um, but they made it, my mom especially made it very clear that sex was not bad, it was not shameful, that when I wanted to become sexually active, I could come to her and get on birth control. So it was, there was never this idea that it was this taboo, bad thing. Um, and from there, I decided, well, if I like every second of this class, that's pretty dry. I might as well, and I have all these questions, and I really enjoy talking about this. I might as well go into this field. So I went on to become a certified sex educator. I got a degree in psychology and minored in human sexuality. I went on to do a training to be a sex and relationship coach through Somatica. I've done a lot of little uh, personalized I guess, customized training. So the things I'm interested in also Hakomi, which is a holistic psychotherapy training doesn't have much to do with sex, but yet it does because everything's connected. Um, and I even opened up a sex shop with my mom, um, of all things. Wait, what? Uh, I don't, I don't, I think I like kind of knew that, but I, now that you're saying it out loud, that is pretty fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, selling dildos with my mom here in Santa Cruz. We owned the brick and mortar store. It was called Pure Pleasure. We owned it for 12 years. We still own the online store. It's purepleasureshop.com. But um, obviously that shows how different our relationship is than the way most people were raised. We were able to talk about these things. And so while she didn't teach me about pleasure when I was younger, as I started to get into this field, I'm the one that said we should open up the store. And then we did this together in 2008. Then we started actually talking about pleasure, you know, our orgasms and sex toys and all these things. And cause, because also we were working side by side in the store. Um, so what, it was such a wonderful gift and she's the best mom and the best business partner I could ever ask for. Uh, and then all these other things just kind of came about after, right? So I started working in the manufacturing side of the sex toy industry and uh, Uberlube brought me on to become their lead educator. So I teach about lubricant and specifically this brand and why it's unique and amazing and awesome and what people should know and also just sex ad in general and then shameless sex came about in 2017 with as a, as a passion project with one of my best friends who also works in the sex toy industry it was kind of a beautiful accident we started it because she was going through a divorce I was going through a breakup. We were like, we went on Sex with Emily, her podcast. Oh, and nice. Our yeah, it was, and our dynamic was really fun and people loved it. And we were just like, 
we're single women. Let's start a podcast. And then it blew up. So I just, I love how, um, obviously this is my, this is my purpose in this world. (laughs) And I love how it just continues to evolve. Yes. Oh my God. We have so many awesome similarities. First of all, like, I just love that you are, first of all, we both, we both started our podcast in 2017. So that's fun. Um, you clearly have a close relationship with your mom. And I also have a close relationship with my mom. She's been on my podcast every season and she is an OBGYN. And that's where I kind of got my like passion and learned all about sex ed when I was younger. So she very much is someone who I really admire and really am happy to be in business with. We've talked about what it is like, what would, what it would be like to own a business together in the future. So I might uh, come to you for some mom-daughter tips. That's so wonderful. I think feel like more, more people need those kind of relationships with their parents. It's so wonderful. I completely agree, especially when it comes to pleasure and sex. And similarly, and I've been really open about this on the podcast, my mom also like was a great mom, was very open, but didn't really teach me about pleasure either. And I don't know if it was in our parents wheelhouse to be able to have those conversations back then in the 80s and the 90s I don't think that things were as readily accessible and available I know when I asked my mom you know how she learned about sex when she was younger she like learned about it from books at the library like her parents her parents weren't like teaching her anything at home her school wasn't teaching her anything so um a lot of similarities very very cool um, okay, let's let's cut right to the chase and let's talk about <laughs> desire. So mm-hmm. can you define desire for us? And what do, you, what do you think it looks like when two people are on the same page about desire? And then a follow-up of that is like the opposite. What, what if there are two people who have mismatched desire? Or, you know, there are some people in the relationship who are super into it and have a lot of desire and then their partner maybe doesn't have as much desire. Um, what what does that really look like? What are like some tools and tips for how to work with this? Yeah, I think of desire as this feeling of I want this or that or you or something. There's this, there's a, I mean, it could be a craving, but I think craving can be an extreme or an intense feeling, but it's, it's a yearning. It's a, it's, there's a, it's something that you really are wanting um, to, to have or to get close to or to be intimate with. And uh, I think that desire happens on a spectrum and we are often taught that we should always have this very strong libido and very strong desire all the time. And if we don't, we're broken. There's something wrong with us. Um, and this is this creates shame in people because uh, what's actually true is that we're constantly changing. Uh, we have moments where we have really strong desire and libido. We have moments where we're really disconnected from that. Uh, maybe we're grieving. Maybe we're under a lot of stress. Maybe we have some resentments or some issues in our relationship or partnerships or with ourselves. And so desire really isn't top priority. Maybe we're just trying to survive. So sex and desire really isn't top priority in those moments. And I just want to make sure that people know that that's completely okay and normal and natural for that to constantly change and fluctuate. And I do not know why this wasn't what we were taught. We were taught, uh, the images that we see is that sex and desire happens, you know, a couple ways or one way, and not that it is fluid and ever changing. Um, so that's just one thing to for folks is to really start to reframe sex and desire and make it yours and to know that it's constantly changing. And don't shame yourself when you are in a rut or or on the opposite side of the spectrum, you have a lot of desire, and a lot of libido, you're really horny and you crave a lot of sex and intimate connection. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes people shame 
shame you. What's wrong with you? That's you're too much. So there's a lot of this too muchness, not enoughness, very much related to, you know, religion, politics, trying to control people's bodies, all these rules and regulations that really limit us from being our most alive, wonderful selves. So when people have desire that's on the same page, well, that's a beautiful thing. Good for <laughs> very you. Very lucky. To have that. Um, and, and a lot of people experience that, but a lot, most, if not all people, if you're in a long-term relationship, will experience moments or long time periods where that does not match. Uh, and this is, again, normal, natural. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Uh, so I love the idea that there's, um, if we think of arousal and desire, right, there's active arousal and desire, and there's res- so that's more like a something that is responsive, right? So that's something that we create. And then there's something that's more spontaneous. So like, I just horny for no reason, which I very rarely feel, by the way, um, as someone, I talk about sex. I love sex. I actually do. And I have a lot of sex. I don't feel a lot of spontaneous sexual desire, libido or arousal. And Hmm. took a lot of learning for me to not shame myself for that. Um, whereas my partner, I sleep with penis owning individuals and I am in a long-term partnership with someone who has spontaneous desire often. They're like spontaneous arousal. I'm horny. (laughs) And, um, and so what we do is we work together. And so I think this, to answer the question, if things are mismatched, which is completely normal, there's not, it's not really a necessarily, you don't have to look at it as a problem. Sex and relationships are a constant conversation, a constant negotiation. Where am I at in this moment? So we don't just talk about this once. As we show up, where am I in this moment? What am I feeling in my body? What am am I available for? What am I desiring? Is there desire here? Oh, I'm actually feeling disconnected right now. What do I need to feel connected? Not to just have sex with you, because that's also very goal-oriented. We want to get away from that. It's what am I available for right now? Okay, maybe it's just a little caressing and a little touching. Oh, and then you stay present with that. I think presence is really important with all the sensations and feelings that you have. And and then you follow the thread. It's like following little breadcrumbs. Oh, oh, I feel a little tingling now. Oh, maybe I'm ready for some kissing. Oh, okay, maybe I'm ready for some more like faster movement. Or okay, actually, now I I just want you inside of me all of a sudden. Right. Or you know, so it's it's this way of. Um, recreating it and don't make it linear it's not goal oriented it's 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 cultivating presence working with what is with what is available now and also meeting each other or if you're sleeping multiple people meeting uh, other people where they're at to to the degree of what you can lean into right you don't want to go beyond your limits and that's right. that's compliance and that can create trauma right you want to be comfortable you want to be comfortable and you want to feel in control and present and when you feel in the mood that's exciting so you want to feel in the mood when you're having sex I'm assuming maybe some people don't like feeling in the mood I don't know but for me at least I'll speak for myself I think that exactly what you said of like this idea of breadcrumbs of like oh like maybe I'm in the mood for this but not that but maybe if I'm open to it and maybe I am maybe that can change so I think like that idea of not putting so much pressure on yourself to get from zero to penetrative sex, if that's the thing, to just kind of take it as it comes and really like not put this idea that, oh, there's like a, like this object that I'm reaching for, you know, really just like making it more abstract than that. 
Yeah. Yeah. You brought in, you brought it. I love when people brought in sex. Like what is, what is, what is sex to you? What does sex mean to you? What does desire mean to you? Uh, it's not, doesn't have to be what you saw in porn. doesn't have to be what your power, your partner identifies with it. Um, and you know, our bodies are absolutely brilliant. They're so, a lot of us just override it and we don't listen to them. And we, uh, we just start to do things because we don't want to lose the love or we don't want to be too much or not enough. And when we really slow down and pay attention and advocate for ourselves and and are met by with partners that create space for that and meet us there and they don't shame us and if they do well that's on them that's that's their bad and please uh, advocate for yourself because you that's not that's that's not helpful right um and i think coming to the topic of loop here there's a lot of this idea that or even erections right that our, our bodies should be, if we have desire, our body should function a certain way. These are all these shoulds, right? If I'm turned on, I'm wet or I'm hard. And if, if I'm not, if I'm turned on and that's not the case of so something wrong with me, or mm-hmm. if I'm wet or hard, I must be turned on when actually these things happen separately from each other quite often. Right? So I can be really turned on and not, not have a, not, a lot of natural lubrication or a penis owning individual could be really turned on and not have an erection or they can have an erection and not be turned on. So there's a lot of things that come into play here. There's, you know, there's hormones, there's, you know, we're we're stressed out. Are we on antihistamines? Do we have blocked glands that produce vaginal lubrication? You know, if you've been, there's there's so many different things that come into play. And I think the term that I learned from the really wonderful book, uh, have you read Come As You Are by Emily Gowski? I have it on my bookshelf, but I haven't cracked it open yet. So wonderful. She talks about arousal non-concordance. It's when our bodies, um, I guess not symptoms, but the reactions that they are giving us or they're showing do not actually match our arousal level. And so that's that, that lubrication wetness thing where, you know, say I'm sleeping with someone, I'm turned on, but I'm not wet. And then they're like, what's wrong with you? You know, why, or what's wrong with me? You must not be turned on by me. And, and this is why lube is a very wonderful thing. Not that we want to throw on lube when we're really not into it as a bandaid. Um, I think that there's something to be said as we were talking about desire earlier, it's important for us. We, we, we are active players in our arousal and desire. So we, you don't force it. You don't overwrite it, but you can build your arousal and desire. And if your body is not wet or moist, some people don't like the word moist, but I like it. (laughs) Say it 20 times. You'll be on board. Um, Lube is your best friend, and there's no shame in using lubricant. I actually used to um, have had have blocked glands on the Bartholin's gland, which are um, glands. You have one on each side for vulva owners that is responsible for kind of that initial silky, uh, I'm aroused vaginal fluid. And I would get cysts on both sides. And so I actually didn't really get a lot of that fluid even when I was really aroused. And I really just learned to embrace lube. And we'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But if you're doing anal, always have lube on hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love this idea of just normalizing lube use. You know, if you have blocked glands, if you're on birth control and you, like, have more dryness, like, in the vulva and in the vagina than, like, other folks, like, that's great. But also, like, it's just great in general just to use just because it – makes things so much more enjoyable and just makes it so there's a lot less friction and it just is very slippery and fun and I just think it's like 
There and there's so much other stuff you could do with it too. There's like massage, there's like, you know, CBD lubes, there's like there's just so many ways to incorporate it into your sex life and I just think that it's this I don't know when it became this like embarrassing thing for people to talk about. Yeah, there's this idea that if you need, or I, I've had this happen before with past partners when I whip out the lube and they're like, well, why do we need that? You know, why sh- should we need that? And I, I think that you, you, we can look at lubricant or sex toys or all kinds of things. They're a bonus. It's like, well, why not have more pleasure? You right. know, why not have more? Why not enhance the sensation and intimacy? Like, what's why? What made you think that just our bodies are supposed to do it on their own? And what's wrong with adding this this other thing that can make things feel nicer? Um, so yeah, lubricant. You know, when you use lubricant, lubricant. It, the ex, it's not all the experience isn't about the lubricant itself, right? So, or sometimes people use warming lubricant or CBD lubricant because they want to have some added bonus for for those reasons. But lubricant's really here to enhance the skin on skin contact or the skin on sex toy contact. You know, to get rid of that like overly frictiony feeling where things just don't feel as good. I guess some people are into that, but for a lot of people, they want things to feel really smooth and slick, but yet not not overwhelmingly where it's like a slip and slide and things are falling in the wrong place and or the wrong hole, never a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is one reason why I'm a huge fan of Uberlube. You know, even before working for Uberlube, I, uh, I was a, uh, I actually learned about Uberlube Uber from another sex educator named a- Megan Andalou. And she's since she's not really teaching these days, but she's like, it's the best lube. It's like one of those lubricants. When you try it, you say, I didn't even know lube could be this good. And for a lot of people, when they try a lubricant, they get, they get it at, you know, your, your drugstore or your, and, and those lubes often aren't very nice, you know, in terms of the ingredients, they get kind of sticky. They ha- they maybe give you a reaction or you get a rash or something. And, and some people like them. Um, so in terms of finding the right lube, I think what you want to know is that your genitals and your mouth are mucous membranes. They absorb everything you put in them. So it's really important to put things that have very clean ingredients in these parts of you. Like it's more important than what I put on my hands. My hands still absorb things. The skin does that. But mucous membranes are highly absorbent, hence why we get STIs, STDs in those, those parts of our bodies. So look at the ingredients, make sure it's very clean. Uh, learn about the ingredients. If you see like, 80 things in the ingredients list, it's probably not a good thing to put in there. If you can't pronounce the name. Uh, and, and, you know, when we talk about silicone, a lot of people have never, when they look at the name of like of, of, a, of a silicone product, uh, they might be like, I don't really know what this is. But when you look at it, silicone actually, uh, which is what Uberlube is made out of, is a um, a natural substance. It's actually the most common substance in the earth, I believe. It's just synthesized. Fun into fact, something I did not know that. Yeah, there's a ton of silicone there. So it, it you know, and Uberlube has over 3,000 doctors on board that recommend it to their patients because it doesn't go into your bloodstream. So there's water-based lube, there's silicone lube, and there's oil-based lube. Water-based lube always gets absorbed. It's water-soluble. Your skin absorbs it. And it's what the beauty of it is universal. So you can use it with all sex toys and all condoms. The downside though, is because your body absorbs it, you might have reactions to it, even if it's the most organic of loops. 
Um, but not every not everyone will. And um, it also absorbs quickly, so it doesn't last as long. Silicone stays on the surface of your skin and your body does not absorb it. So it's long lasting, never gets sticky, stays very silky. Uh, some silicones can be a little more on the greasy side, so it feels a little bit too much like a slip inside. This is why I'm a huge fan of Uberlu because it actually feels like a, almost like a moisturizer and it feels like it's a part of your body as opposed to this weird added thing. Like you actually want it on your body and when, then you can rub it and it just feels like it's hydrating or helping your body out. Um, Oil-based lubes or products can be wonderful, um, for, but for folks who are really sensitive, especially if you get yeast infections, bacterial infections easily, they can throw the pH off. Um, so can water-based loops actually. Uh, and they so they can just be a little more tricky. Um, some people are, love coconut oil and things like that, but just know also that oil-based products, they don't work well with condoms, latex um, and non-latex alike. Oil-based product, oil-based loops can be an issue. So, um, but they can be moisturizing. So if someone's experiencing vaginal dryness, oil-based loops can be helpful. The nice thing about uh, Uberlube, it has vitamin E in it, not enough to hurt a condom. It works well with condoms still, uh, but it actually feels like it moisturizes the skin because there's vitamin E in there as well. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful crash course on lube. <laughs> I'm so glad. I actually really didn't know that about silicone. And I also didn't know that about water-based lube in terms of it more so being absorbed into the skin and about yeast infections. Like those are that that's really important information. And for someone like as a follow-up, for someone who has never tried lube or kind of maybe has dabbled in college or something, but like has never really dedicated time and energy to finding the right lube that works for them. What do you recommend in terms of them experimenting? I would try different products out. Go to your local, hopefully locally owned sex positive sex shop, but you might not have one because we don't have them everywhere, but you can find them online as well and get smaller bottles or samples of a water base and a silicone and try them out on your body and just see what works well for you. Some people like things that feel more like a gel. Some people like things that feel more almost like a body fluidy material. Um, some people like, like thinner things. Some people like like thinner or thicker things, you know, it's just, it's different for everyone. Uh, and so you, and we're all different too, right? What works for my body might not work for you. And mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. You just figure out what works well for you uniquely as a, as an individual human. Um, a lot of the sex positive stores, they have their, their employees are educators, right? So you can tell them I'm new. I want to try out different lubricants. Can you recommend your top, you know, samples and things for me to try? And you go home and try them out and you can spot test them, you know, put them on your genitals and see how they feel or use them in a masturbation session or something like that. And if you get any weird reactions, you know, like rashes or irritations or things feel like they're burning, um, that lube probably isn't your, your jam. And you just continue to figure out what works for well for you. But, um, you know, not all lubes are created equal. There's a lot that have weird ingredients in them, like aspartame and weird stuff from like, why do you need to put that in the lubricant or like <laughs> peg 15 or I don't even know what that I may I may have made that up but you know you know preservatives and weird chemicals and things um so it's just just get just like with food right we're learning a lot more about how to eat healthy or organic um we can do that with lubricant as well yes 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 let's talk about your motto at shameless sex which is go slower than slow and then slower than slower than that which i <laughs> which i really really love this i think it really puts me in the present moment and just makes me 
makes me physically read that motto even slowly (laughs) and like picture what that might look like or feel like in my own body. Can you talk about the art of going slow and slowing down and maybe like some touch techniques for vulva owners and penis owners with well lubricated, these are your words, well lubricated and intentional hands? Yes. So when we say go slower than slow and slower than that, we don't mean you have to do this all the time. You don't always have to go slow. There is a time for fast and hard. It usually is not within the first couple of minutes, if not 15 or 20 minutes for me, at least. Um, uh, so this is so in the way I like to um, talk about this is if you've ever got if you ever had a professional massage, not like your $25 foot rub, but more like your 80 to $100 back massage. Not everyone can afford that. So I'm sorry. Sorry if you've never experienced that. But if you have, what you'll notice is that when you lay on the table, what the massage therapist generally does is they take their hands, they generally add some sort of oil or something. Or if they're using their hands that are not oil, they're not doing a whole bunch of fast frictiony movement yet. So they, they lubricate their hands, they rest them on your back, and they don't move. This usually is what happens for like, you know, 15, 20 seconds. What they're doing is they're letting the skin on skin acclimate to each other, right? So like my body is, to, is now acclimating to your body. So it's not this abrupt kind of like po- pokey thing that happens. And then they start to gently and slowly move, whether it's light rubbing or rocking or gliding, but they do not start moving really fast right away. And then they build it up over time. So it takes many minutes for them to start going faster or using more pressure or more intensity. They often check in with you too. Tell me about the pressure. Let, let me know if you want more or less. It's actually good uh, modeling consent, which is pretty great. Seriously. And guess what? The same applies for genitals. And I don't know why we didn't, we don't think of that because we don't see it in porn, right? In porn, you don't see that. You don't see someone putting a hand on a penis, just let it hang out there for a little bit, looking at each other in the eyes <laughs> and you know, adding the lubricant and then slowly starting to move and massage and knead and taking your time, checking in like, oh, how would you like, you like more of this? More? You know, and the same thing with a vulva too. I love vulva massage. Oh my gosh. Sometimes my partner will just massage my vulva mean the exterior external part. So this is like my labia majora, um, sometimes labia minora, more like the puffy lips. For he'll sometimes just do that for twenty minutes just on its own. Um, wow, and, nice partner. That's great. And what this does is it wakes up all the nerve endings. It allows all the time for the blood flow to get there. And it allows me or anyone experiencing this to feel more pleasure because when we go right to goal oriented sex or moving really fast or intensely, we often bypass a lot of the sensations that are, are available there. We actually can't even feel it. We're overriding it. We're moving too quickly. Um, and so we go really slow to build it up. And then over time, then we can have fast and hard. So in, when, when it's time for fast and hard, that's when your partner says, I want fast and hard, right? They're like, fuck me right now, you know, or whatever that is harder, faster, then do it. Or if you're wondering, ask them, you know, what would you like? More? So but I think a really important rule, um, whether it's for masturbation, you know, self-pleasuring or pleasuring another body, is start really slow and soft, soft and work your way up. Go slower than slow. And then slower than that, meaning a lot of people, when they think they're going slow, they actually are not. They could go even slower. So just start to actually just get creative to slow it down a little bit and see what happens. 
Love it. Love it, love it, love it. This is inspiring me in my <laughs> next sexual encounter or <laughs> masturbation session as you, um, or what do you say, masturbation? Was it session? Self-pleasuring and masturbation, yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love thinking of masturbation as sessions or kind of like, you know, little segments of time that you're like dedicating to yourself and your body. Yeah, it's pampering you. Sometimes I'll just, I won't even know. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just self-pleasure. I don't even know if I'm going to have an orgasm, but I'm just going to let my hands just do some funny things and see what happens. And I'll just try, I'll literally massage my vulva as if I was massaging shoulders and, you know, the kind of fleshier part of shoulders or the back. Uh, and it feels amazing. And I just never would have thought to do that. So yeah, we can do this for ourselves and or, or for another person, or we can ask another person to do it for us. Love it. We have... One final question, which is kind of a big one, but we got a couple minutes left, so let's see. I want to know a little bit more about lube, but for anal sex. If you and and just kind of like crash course in general on anal sex. I feel like we've had probably like 60 plus episodes of this podcast and we've not had an anal sex specific episode, which is inspiring me to do so at a later time, but that's neither here nor there. For now, I would love to just hear you talk a little bit about anal sex. If listeners have never done anal sex or if they've dabbled, but they want to dabble a little more, or just get a little bit of information. What what would you say about, about anal sex and about lube with anal sex? Anal sex is so funny for shameless sex is one of our top uh, searched oh, topics. Really? Are, they all want to learn about it, but it's kind of a little more closeted, right? There's like, there's definitely some shame and taboo about it, but you know, the ass is the universal orifice, right? We all have one. Um, doesn't mean that everyone loves it. So just because one person likes anal pleasure and stimulation doesn't mean the other person is going to, uh, but a lot of people have had traumatic experiences from it, whether it's at the doctor or the doctor is not supposed to pleasure you, by the way, it usually doesn't feel good if they are touching you anally in some way they're not usually there to like get you off or make you feel good so um, do not think that anal sex needs to be the same as that and a lot of people learned how to have anal sex from porn which they just they don't show again they don't show you all the prep you know this is this is you have anal sphincter muscles that need a lot of time and lube to uh, relax and lubricate and warm up so i used to say the ass doesn't lubricate itself um actually apparently there are some light glands that can add a little something or other but still i'm just going to go with the fact that it really just doesn't lubricate itself so for anything anal whether it's using a finger a sex toy or a penis or something else uh, that first of all make sure it's anal safe um so it's connected to a body or it has a flange so that's a flared base right because um when, when you go through the anal canal then there's a rectum then there's the colon uh, things it can just keep going things can get sucked up there so you want to have almost like a pacifier a stopper of for something to go in there so that's one important rule make sure whatever you're using is anal safe um the other thing is you want to lubricate it because you know as i said there's not really any lubrication there and so it can create little fissures which are tiny tears if you move too fast and you don't use lubricant and feel free to apply over and over and over again. This is why silicone lubricants such as UberLube are great because they're long lasting. You often don't need to reapply a million times. Um, so you can put it on you know, whatever thing you're using for insertion. You can actually put it on your finger and put it inside your body. Uh, but you're, because your body isn't really absorbing into the skin, it's more long lasting. So it's actually really great for anal sex. Uh, it's it's better than, I, I would recommend Uber Lube or you know, a silicone lube over water-based lube for anal sex any day. The only thing is, is with silicone toys, you want to be careful about using silicone lube with silicone toys. You use them separately. Um, so that's just another thing to keep in mind. 
Uh, some other things for anal sex. Go, really go slower than slow and slower than that for anal sex. To start, because you're relaxing a muscle that is designed to stay tight. We want it to stay tight, right? Because to keep things inside that we're not ready to let out until they're ready to come out, right? You all know what I'm talking about. Um, so this is the anal sphincter muscle. But with the right amount of time and care, what will happen is the muscle can open up and relax and allow more movement. And then you allow something in, but this can take a matter of minutes, sometimes many minutes. And so what I recommend doing is just a little, just to, just kind of like a little one-on-one is a wet, take a well-lubricated finger, lightly, make it sure your nails are trimmed too. They don't have sharp stabby nails. Lightly press the tip of your finger onto the anus and don't force, but just lightly press. And again, well, well, well lubricated. And as you lightly press, what you'll find is over time, and it could take 30 seconds, it could take five minutes. The anus will generally, with enough breath, relaxation, open up and the finger will gently slide in. And then once it's in, you can start to move around in more of a circular motion. Don't go do like a vigorous, vigorous back and forth thing right away. But what you'll feel is the muscles just start to let go more and more. Or you can use anal toys like butt plugs and things, and they'll help to relax. And as the muscles start to relax through fingers or toys, then you can move to something larger if that's what you're into, a dildo or a penis or something like that. But a lot of people just are not doing that. They're see, What they see in porn, they shove it in, and they move really fast and hard, and they do not take their time. And I think that's the most important thing is to create a lot of time and spaciousness spaciousness and have a lot of communication. Um, And one last thing I'll say about this, discomfort is actually normal when you're working with the anal sphincter muscle. It's normal to feel almost like you're going to poop or you're pooping because the muscle's trying to relax. So then there's something inside of it. Um, So really understand the distinction between discomfort and pain. Pain should not be a part of it unless you actually are consenting for pain. Pain means you're moving too fast you need more lube, you're not relaxed enough, you need to do something different for your body. Um, so really know the difference. But discomfort is normal while the muscles relax and then the discomfort goes away when the muscles are fully relaxed. And then you then you can move faster or harder, but only when those muscles are relaxed. Oh, what a great session. I could talk about that for like uh, two hours. <laughs> I love it. We, we got to have you back next season and yeah. do like a full <laughs> anal ep. That's great. I love talking about anal. It's my favorite because it's just... So some people just don't really know a lot about it. And a lot of people want to experience, experiment with it or have had bad experiences. So I think it's a really important conversation. Totally. I, I completely agree. And I really feel that specifically for like hetero relationships where cis men and cis women are in a relationship and anal typically, at least in my circles and in the people I've talked to as a sex educator, isn't a norm as a sexual act when really I think it could be if you wanted it to be. Yeah, it just adds another fun thing to the menu, right? If you're and every different strokes are different folks. Not everyone is going to like anal, and that's okay if you're not an anal person. You get to choose for yourself. But if you want to explore anal sex really can be fun, pleasurable, and orgasmic. It is available. Love it. Ah, this has been so amazing, Amy. Thank you so so much for joining us, and it has been my pleasure. Mm, Thank you for having me. Fun fact number one, did you know that UberLube works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, lakes, and tubs? Fun fact number two, UberLube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And fun fact number three, 
a small amount of Uber Lube can be applied anywhere to prevent daily chafing, not just when exercising. These fun facts are brought to you by Uber Lube. Use promo code SEXEDDB for 10% off your purchase with free shipping at www.uberlube.com. Our creator, co-producer, sound engineer, and host is me, Danielle Bezalow, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our main logo and banner graphic were created by Andrea Forgotch. Our social media intern is Leslie Lopez. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. If you're interested in advertising with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast. Tune in next time.